Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 266 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you are doing well, and especially as 2021 continues to unfold that I hope that you are doing well. We are hanging in here. I'm actually recording this in early January. We are, you know, continue to be safe and doing all of those things that we need to be doing in order to help get our country and and the world back on track. Today's podcast is a the topic is connecting mindset to systems to gain entrepreneurial confidence. I know that a lot of times there's a disconnect You know, we hear a lot of stuff like take an entrepreneurial mindset and all of these things. But what do you do once you develop that mindset? Well, I don't know if you develop it, right? It's a constant process, at least it is for me. But what do you do when you have that mindset? And how do you actually translate it into real tangible systems and processes for your business um, so that you can make meaningful changes? My guest today is Casey Compton from CaseyCompton.com. Casey is a group practice owner out in Kentucky where she has built where a very successful seven-figure group practice. And Casey is here because I felt like Casey was such a good person to talk about um, systems and processes. And we're going to be covering a number of different things in today's conversation. First, we're going to cover in this trap that a lot of healthcare providers, mental health providers get stuck in, which is in order to be successful as a business owner, I have to do everything. And where do I start? And and all of those different things. We're going to talk about Casey's thoughts on why this idea of running your business like a therapist is often not the wisest idea. And this is just a subtle but really interesting way of looking at things. And then we're going to break down a system and a process that that Casey developed based on also the work of Mike Michalowicz that will help you call the healthcare hierarchy of needs, the HHN. And this will kind of help you figure out the three areas to focus on in your practice or in your business in order to ensure not just profitability, but ensure um, just your own peace of mind throughout this whole process. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new 
workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Casey Compton from caseycompton.com. Hey, Casey, uh, welcome to Selling the Couch. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I, you know, we were talking about this right before we got started, but I feel like we have been in the same like orbit (laughs) maybe uh, for the past several years, but we haven't yet connected. And I'm just so grateful for one, all of the things that you are doing uh, for our profession and just all of the things that you're doing in the world. Uh, You're an extremely busy person and I really am just so grateful for our time together. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, right back at you. I've been following some of the things that you've been doing and I love this podcast. So it's an honor to be here and be a guest. Um, when we connected at, you know, end of 2020, thank God 2020 is over by the way. <laughs> I was thinking a lot about like what we should talk about. And I felt like one of the most common struggles that a lot of healthcare providers, mental health providers, you know, folks outside of the mental health space have is connecting this idea of like an entrepreneurial mindset, but how do you actually connect that to systems and how do you implement some of that stuff in your business? And uh, I'm so glad you reached out because you are definitely the person that I would talk to about this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, you know, systems are just kind of my thing. I love them. I love everything about Love everything about them. I think I just have, I was born with this nature of craving efficiency and craving order. It makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel at peace. It makes me have clarity. And there's just so many things that systems do for me on a personal level. And so whenever I was thinking about those from an entrepreneurial mindset, it was not really a question of, is this important? Because I knew it was, it was just, how am I going to make this as usable in business as I do in personal life? And so I think a lot of it is just when you're talking to therapists that own businesses, sometimes we try to run our business like a therapist and to a certain extent, that's good. But then there are certain pieces of that that really can get us into trouble. I think that's where it's so important for therapists to really think about systems in a way that comes naturally to them. And I'm sure you're going to ask me about that. So I won't ramble on uh, (laughs) right now. All of that sounds really good. I actually wanted to ask you a random question before we jump in. When you think of the word systems, like how do you define it? That's a really good question. Honestly, I've I've been thinking about that question in various forms since I've been doing what I'm doing. And um, it just depends on when you ask me and what's going on in my business is <laughs> it's usually how the answer goes. But systems really to me and through all of the research that I've done, and I've done quite a bit of research on this, it really equals a couple of things. It, systems mean confidence systems mean freedom and systems mean peace. And you can take those three things and take them each in whatever direction you want to take them. You know, peace to me means 
peace of mind. It means that I don't have to worry about the minutia. I don't have to worry about the little things. That's the things that get me anxious and get me in a place that I don't like to be. And I think systems are the best way to prevent that. Well, I love the fact that you connected it to uh, like just deep, like core emotions, right? Confidence, freedom, and peace, because that's so true. I, I think for many business owners, we jump in because we are passionate about a topic, a niche, whatever it is, right? But we quickly get overwhelmed, right? But initially, we're thinking oh, by jumping in, like I'm going to have confidence and freedom and peace. And yeah, I, I sort of see systems as I guess that that bridge or that that thing that gets us from our ideas to where we want to go kind of thing, you know? Right. Yes. And they're a very good indicator of your business's health too. You know, they when your systems are not strong or they are off or you know, sometimes I'll say if they're wonky, then you're going to feel that you're going to feel that in your chest. It's going to, it's going to be a visceral response. You know, it's going to be that, oh my gosh, feeling um, like the world is, is on your shoulders. And that is a, a systems reflection right there. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that you said earlier was, you know, a lot of times therapists run their business like a therapist. I think I know what that means, but in your words, like, what does that mean for you? <laughs> well, I think that, that there's a good side to that, running your business like a therapist. And then I think there's also a challenging side to that. So when I mentioned that earlier, that a lot of therapists run their business like a therapist, they forget one thing. So in therapy, we are often looking at the client's goal and, you know, we set that goal on that treatment plan and we're working to achieve that goal. Um, so that part, you know, we know, but when we are trying to run our business, sometimes we forget that and we run our business really based off of our purpose, which is our why and which is why we're doing this. And, you know, we want to help people and we have this passion and all of these things. And we laser focus in on that, which, you know, I'm not saying that that's wrong or that's, well, I am kind of saying that that's wrong. I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying that when we run our business like a therapist, we lose sight that the goal of the business is actually profitability and the purpose of the business is entirely up to you. But whenever we shift those or flip those around and we're running the business off of a purpose, we are neglecting some of the foundational pieces of operating a business that is crucial. You know, you can't, you can't make a profit off of purpose alone. And that's where I see people running their business as a therapist and not as a business owner. Yeah. So I guess, let me just sort of understand a little bit more. So almost like a super a hyper emphasis on purpose mm -hmm. to the point where purpose can almost become like blended with the goal. Whereas what you're saying is the goal of any business really should be profitability, right? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what like goal and purpose should be distinguished as opposed to like blending together. Absolutely. Yes. You also mentioned, you said, you know, there are like several indicators of business health. Um, what are like, like, the top three indicators? I always start with the numbers. So really looking at those numbers and specifically your leads 
And I know as therapists that people don't typically consider, call this a lead, but just to kind of use a common word, how many leads are coming in through the practice, both on a client level and on a provider level? Because what I see often is this dichotomy that, the, that business owners get stuck in is they can't find, it's very hard to find the balance between having enough therapists or having enough clients. They're always bouncing between the two. So the numbers to reflect that scenario is one way to assess your business's health. And that that KPI, key performance indicator, or that metric falls on the foundational level of our business, which is sales. Also, you know, something else to assess the health of your business is profitability. If if that is the goal, if that is what we're doing here, then our profitability and what that looks like is going to tell us if what we are doing is working. So that's a big one. And then the the third one is really going to fall in the third foundational level of any business, which is order. And that is where we are minimizing bottlenecks, congestion points, making the client journey easy and nice. I mean, we want our client journey to feel a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And so when things are out of order, you're going to feel it. And that's what I was talking about earlier, just feeling that sense of pressure. So, you know, really you can assess the health of your business by looking at the numbers in your sales level, the profit margins in your profit level, and the, the amount of chaos you may have in your business and the order level. I love the fact that one, this is like so organized, right? Like the fact that you're both looking at things like numbers and profitability, but you're also looking at the client experience, right? There's like there's like a nice blend, which I really do appreciate. I wanted to go back to this leads one because I was just you explained it well, but you know, my mind is not registering quite in my mind. So I want to make sure I really understood it. So with leads, there are two levels, right? There's client the clients, like potential clients that could call all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the second level therapists. Like, tell me a little bit more about that because I think that one I didn't quite quite yeah. understand. So this is actually a core need. Your business has in the healthcare space. Your business has about 15 core needs. Uh, this core need is in that foundational. It's one of the foundational five. And so what it is is prospect and provider attraction. And what this is basically saying is that if we're not attracting enough of the right clients or enough of the right providers to work in our business to see those clients, we are going to have an unmet need in that area. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, think about it. If you have, I would say 95% of every person that I've ever worked with in a small group form or even individual, they have one of two problems. They have a waiting list or they have too many therapists and they can't fill their, their schedules. And it's usually one or the two. So that's why I lump those two together as a core need there because they usually go go together and play off of each other. Got it. Um, how does this, and, and so I, I think what you're saying is this really applies to group practice owners, right? Is there, what about like um, someone that might be a solo practitioner, for example, maybe they want to stay a solo practitioner, right? But how does this like therapist element or does it like apply for someone that is a solo practitioner? Yeah, that's a really good question. Even someone 
that is a solo practitioner, it's still going to apply. It just may not have the same meaning as it would if you were a group practice owner. So if you're in solo practice and you want to stay in solo practice, then that core need of prospect attraction, you would just ignore that because you're not even, you, you know, you're, but usually I see what happens is people in solo, they get so many leads that they start to ask themselves, should I start a group because I have more clients than I can handle? And that's usually how it starts. Got it. Yeah. So they get to that point where they're asking, or I guess getting to that crossroad where they're saying, okay, do I want to stay solo? You know, with and and if so, what do I do with these leads? Or do I want to go into a group and kind of figure out, you know, how to house those leads within my own business? Right. And the solo experience has given them the confidence to even be able to ask themselves, oh, what about what about hiring more? You know, they would have never most people don't start out and say right out of grad school, I'm going to start a group practice. Um, They usually say, let me just dip my toes in the water and test this out. And then when they know that they have a strategy that gets clients in the door and it works, then they're like, okay, you know, maybe if I can do this, then I can do this for another or, you know, another therapist or a group of therapists. So that confidence is a big factor there too. Got it. So a little bit of a shift here. How do you determine like what you have to prioritize when it comes to like business, right? Like meaning, You know, I feel like a lot of times healthcare providers, they get like stuck in this mindset, right? That they have to do everything in order to be successful and they don't even know where to start. So how do you prioritize where you start? Love this question. And so I'm sure that some of your listeners have read Mike McAllister's books, and I'm sure many of them have read Fix This Next. I know that the, his book, Profit First, really took the mental health group practice world by storm. And so I'd say even if someone has not read his book, they're familiar with his methodologies and how everything works. So he, when he wrote Fix This Next, and even before I read the book, and I was on a webinar with him, and he was talking about the methodology of the system and uh, using the, he calls it the business hierarchy of needs. But whenever I decided to write the derivative for this book specific to healthcare providers, I sort of saw this from a different angle. Uh, Mike's book is really heavily focused on this compass and how using this BHN, the, the hierarchy of needs, will help someone point them in the right direction of where to start. I know that that is very important because one of the questions I get asked the most is what do I do first? But I also know therapists very well. And I know that they have more struggles than what would have ever been possible for Mike to put in a very general business book. And so with Fix Us Next for healthcare providers, you will see woven throughout the entire book, my thoughts on time and how it is so precious. It is so valuable. And as healthcare providers, more often than not, we are selfless when it comes to giving everything we have to help others, whether it's time, energy, money, whatever, you know, most of us have a really good heart and we have a very strong purpose. And so what happens is we end up sacrificing time and 
we have this huge to-do list and we we get really down on ourselves because we're doing all of these things for our practice, but it's not really getting us where we think it's supposed to get us. And so through lots of conversations and lots of back and forth, we came to this conclusion that it's not really that people are doing the wrong things. Um, in fact, most therapists are doing all of the right things to work on their business. They're just doing them at the wrong time and in the wrong order. And so how to prioritize the, the to-do list is actually really easy, according to this system. And for, for healthcare, it is called the healthcare hierarchy of needs. And it is a really quick diagnostic assessment of your practice. And you answer 15 questions, yes or no. And you choose the one that has the lowest unmet need, which would be a no on the lowest foundational level. And that is always your starting point. It takes three seconds. Well, maybe more like 10 if it's your first time. Uh, that's cool. That's cool that it's, I mean, I loved just the idea of like creating hierarchy. And because I think that's, uh, you said it so well. I think that is where, uh, a lot of healthcare providers get stuck, right? They think, I don't know, I have like the analogy of like learning to ride a bike, but not knowing how to ride a bike. So still having like training wheels or something, you know? So it's like trying to do the Tour de France when you still have training wheels, I guess, you know? Yeah, I don't, you know, this is, this is, a good way to support that point too. For me, I've been doing this for so long. It really, it comes naturally to me now, but it didn't always. And in, in the book that my first chapter one is called the penny, the pirate and the compass. And I tell a story about how, or about a time where I was just giving everything up for this business. I was giving away all of my time. I was staying up late. I was doing all these things and a disaster happened. And it was just, it was just bad. And so from that experience, I learned that I'm never going to be able to do everything in the business. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And if I do do everything, what I have done is not going to be done very well. And so I had to I had to change the way that I thought about time and priorities. And it was so obvious to me. Uh, I started, I have a membership community and we started this track within the membership community called Groom Your Coup, just uh, chief chief operating officer. And so I wanted to teach people how to groom someone to take over the operations in their business in a way that is slow and meticulous and very safe. And so as I'm doing this, I'm grooming my own coup in my own business. And she comes to me right in the beginning and she was like, Casey, there's just so much to do. I have four pages. I'm really stressed out. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I thought I'm going to, I said, I'm going to teach you the healthcare hierarchy of needs. And I want you to use it every time you have this feeling. And she did. And ever since then, she, she has never had that issue. And she told me that she always now feels like she has a sense of direction and she knows that she's not going to be able to do everything, but that she knows the things that she can do are going to make the biggest impact on her business. And that is really what we're trying, or that's what we're going after here. Yeah. And I love the way, and, I, and you said it like, and I just wanted to like clarify, but I think what you're saying is by creating this healthcare hierarchy of needs, we in a way separate the overwhelm that comes with business ownership. And we are able to almost channel that overwhelm 
into a hyper-focus knowing what we need to prioritize and focus on. Right. And think about how easy it is for people to get down in these rabbit holes. Look at all these online Facebook groups, all these communities where you see therapists saying, oh, well, what are you doing about this? And how do you do this? And how should I do this? And it's just information overload. And I like to joke and say therapists are content hoarders, and they are. They get into this thing where everybody is around them is so hypervigilant on improving their businesses. And I love that about therapist world, but it can, it can hurt too, because it can make you feel as though you have to do it all to be successful. And that is not true. It is just not true. Um, That's like a very liberating thing (laughs) to hear. (laughs) If, if that's not true, what, I guess, how would you almost reframe it? Like, what would you tell a therapist that is hearing this and is completely feeling overwhelmed in their practice? Just say that you do not have to do all of the things. In fact, you shouldn't do all of the things. You only need to identify the one thing that is going to make the biggest impact on your practice and start there. Because, you know, what you know this, and, and I'm sure every therapist that's listening knows this. What we end up doing sometimes is we treat our business as symptoms. So think about your business like a client or a patient. And what we end up doing is we treat the symptoms because those are easy. You know, those are just the little things that, oh, I need to fix this or clean this up on the website or fix this phone system or route this here. Those are the business's symptoms. Those are not actually the business's core needs, the core problems. If we, instead of treating the symptoms, if we treat the actual diagnosis, a lot of those symptoms are going to go away on their own. And that's one way that you can just knock out a massive to-do list if you treat the core need rather than the symptoms of the business. Hmm. What, um, again, not to put you on the spot or anything, but like in a situation like that, where like people are like, oh my gosh, I got to, you know, phone lines and this and that, what it sounds like the core need is a more efficient way of communicating or for client, Mm -hmm. like, what would you say is that core need? Yeah. So let's say that you have a phone system issue and your clients, uh, they're calling, but no one's answering the phone because of whatever, there's a problem. Obviously, yes, you need to, you need to fix the phone system. I'm not saying that, you know, there are things that you just clearly have to fix. But, you know, I would look deeper than that and say, what is it about this client journey? Are we having a phone system problem because we don't have enough people to answer the phones? Like, what is the reason this is happening? And then uh, what is the core? And what is, and maybe the core is that client journey or that client experience. And maybe that needs to be changed. And then that will in turn modify the phone system issue. Lots of other, I'll give you another quick example. If you're thinking, well, I have a lot of clients on a waiting list, but I can't find a good therapist to hire. I need to hire more people, but you know, I just can't find them. And when you start investigating a little bit, and that's what I love about this model is it's really empowering people to do what they already do really well, which is treat their patients. So if we treat our business like we treat our patients, what would you do in that scenario? You're not going to have a client that comes in and tells you a problem and then you're just going to start telling them how to fix it. That's not how it works. You're going to gather more information. You want to make sure that you're understanding what their problem is. You want to look at all of the surrounding information. What is their history of this? And you want to do that the same same way with your business. 
So what may end up being the case once you start digging in is that you really don't even need to hire anybody. Your therapists just need to be utilizing the client list that they've already been assigned. Maybe that's the real issue. And so the to-do list is just, it, it gets it gets added to and added to and added to. And usually what's on there is symptoms. So looking at a massive to-do list, I would look through there and say, okay, which one of these are the symptoms of the problem? And then let me try to get to the real core issue, because if I fix that, then a lot of these things are just going to take care of themselves. Yeah. So it's uh, that's beautifully said. It's almost like holding the initial overwhelm that you feel and and almost having the the humility or the foresight to take a step back and say, what is this is a symptom of a larger issue. And so let me figure out what that larger issue is. Right. And think about how think about how you feel when you have a to-do list and you start knocking stuff off, when you just strike everything through. You feel really good, right? You know, you're like, oh, I'm getting stuff done. And so this whole busyness concept, it's kind of a trap because we get really busy and we have lots of things to do. And so we start working on that massive to-do list to knock things off of it, to make ourselves feel good. But what we're doing in the meantime is we're actually neglecting the core diagnosis that our business really has. And so that to-do list makes people feel better because they feel like they're doing something. But then when they go back and they assess the health of their business, like we talked about in the beginning with the profit margins and the leads, in the order, it's really not changed. It's not getting any better. And so that's when you match those two things up, that's when you know you have a problem. You, you're, you're working really hard, but nothing is changing. You have a, you have a diagnosis in your practice and you have to find it. Um, a last question. I feel like, you know, we could probably talk <laughs> forever about this kind of stuff. Cause I'm like so fascinated by systems and I think I'm a systems nerd like you. So, you know, I, I imagine and this is something I've struggled with when I take a step back and I start to look at my business and look at these different systems, there's a, at least for me, there's a initial sense of like overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think this is for a lot of folks. Yeah. What, what do you do in that moment to like push on and, you know, and actually like look at this stuff? Yeah. You breathe. That's what you do first. Cause you're right. I love systems too. And I get lots of joy out of implementing and streamlining and automating them. But even whenever I am facing a new system issue, I feel overwhelmed. And so one, just telling yourself that this is perfectly normal. It is supposed to feel like that. And one thing that has been really helpful for me, I have it on my website and I'll I'll send you that link so people can go on there and If you follow me on social media, I post a lot of systems related tips, but systems feels overwhelming because it's big and it can be clunky and it is uncertain. It's filled with a lot of trial and error. And a lot of people don't want that. They just want you to tell them what to do so they can fix it and go on. But systems don't always work that way. So what I have found is there is a a very, very simple three-step process. And if you can learn that process and implement it into every time you feel this way, and all it is, is a diagnosis of the actual problem and then streamlining the process. So the steps And then the last thing is applying an automation. And when you do that every single time, 
it reduces that overwhelm because it you have a plan and it feels doable and it is doable. You just have to follow those three steps and in the in in that order. Pretty awesome. Uh, I love that. Casey, I'm just so grateful for you. Uh, grateful for our time together. Where can we learn more about you, about the book that's coming out? Please, uh, please let us know. Yeah, I have a brand new website. And so people can go on there. It's just caseycompton.com. There is a section specific to the book there. It's uh, Fix the Snacks for Healthcare Providers. You get to, you can see all of the feedback. I have lots of downloads. We have about a 15 or 20 page workbook that people can go on and download that will walk them through the whole entire process of understanding the healthcare hierarchy of needs, diagnosing their business. And we didn't talk about this, but creating a treatment plan for the business. So all of that can be found right there on the website. Perfect. Casey, thank you again for, uh, for this and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey friends, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Casey, and especially if you are in a season where you are trying to figure out and get better with the systems and the processes in your business. I hope that today's podcast session has been particularly helpful for you. I was reflecting on this conversation and even, you know, one of the, you know, interesting things that I wish, I don't know if it's interesting, but I always try to take these conversations, not just me doing these interviews, but me also thinking about my own business and how I can implement some of these learnings as well. And one of the things that that really resonated for me with what Casey said is just looking at our needs based on our hierarchy and focusing on what we need to focus on in that moment. Because I know for me, and I think a lot of us struggle with this, we look at the big picture and the big picture seems so overwhelming that we either don't do anything or we jump from one thing to another. And it's almost like we're constantly putting out fires, but we're not addressing the root cause. And so I think this conversation has just been really an eye-opener for me to think about my own business. Even I can think about like there's a there's something that I need to address with STC. And I'll just be transparent about it. Like I think one of the things that we need to get better is just having a better system for customer service. So if you purchase an online course or something from me, then and you know you want an update a credit card or uh, you want a refund or something like that or you have a question, anything like that, I think we need to come up with a better system to do that. And so what I would encourage you to do is not just, you know, consume this content because it's so easy for us to do it, but literally pause this maybe right now and just say, take a sheet of paper out and just say, what's the one thing I need to do in my business that seems like it's an efficient use of my time. It's actually, you know, I'm addressing kind of a symptom. It's not sort of the core issue. Casey had mentioned that she has this healthcare hierarchy of needs. Again, you can find that at caseycompton.com. And that should definitely allow you to get started and think through some of this stuff as well. Hey, friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in 
launching an online course. You can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. And show notes to today's episode, I totally forgot to mention that, can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 266. If you get a second, would you mind going over to the Selling the Couch blog, specifically the podcast page? I'm actually experimenting with a new podcast player that hopefully makes it easier to subscribe and all of those different things and would love your feedback. You can always email me at melvin at sellingthecouch.com with, you know, do you like the thing? Do you like the player? Any of those kind of things. And I'll definitely post it in the community as well. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.